0: Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is The Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer.
1: So here's a simple topic, the topic of simplicity. Yeah,
2: the hardest of the simple ones.
1: And you... Are a great walking example of just that, in terms of at least in terms of your lifestyle beyond other aspects of your life, Um, and that you've been spending more time, right, exclusively living uh, out in the country away from the city than Mm -hmm. you were previously. How did that start? What sparked that for you? Was that a need or a desire?
2: Mm, It's a good question. It's probably a, a mix of it. But I think, you know, I was basically in the opposite side, you know, in a busy New York City 24-7 with a very busy job and a very busy social life. And um, it was not working for me, but also I was looking around me and I don't think it worked for anyone, <laughs> you know, because people uh, cope with it, you know, but don't really leave, I think, completely well with it. So I didn't want to be in that in that situation. The second element is that I also realized that I would get more answers, more clarity in my life as a business person. If I got closer to silence, if I got closer to moment when I don't have a 100 interaction a day, you know, uh, and it's still a process because even when you're in a countryside with Internet and all that, you know, you can always simplify more. But it's a, it's a first step.
1: I had It was actually my trainer who said this to me the other day. Um, we were talking something about uh, his philosophical beliefs and the way he lives his life in a very kind of stripped down, simple way. And he told me that just historically, the greatest innovations, the greatest industrial inventions were really coming out of the minds of people who were sitting quiet, not those that were so busy and so wrapped up in moving and shaking every day that they didn't have time to just sit still, correct?
2: Yes, it is correct.
1: There's a little bit of a, an irony.
2: Yes, I mean... Contradiction. All, most of the great minds, you know, in, uh, in the 20th century, 21st uh, century, even now, you know, people are people that are, you know, alone for a very long time, doing research or readings or spending time in nature. And... uh I really believe because, you know, it's it's not just me believing it, but I've been witnessing it that anybody that, uh, remove clutter, uh, from all the noise and noise means objects, means people, means activities, means email, means everything. Uh, someone I remove the noise gets so much out of life, so much more that there is difficulty to do it for many people. Say, oh, I don't want to be alone. I can't sit with myself, etc. But you're going to discover so much about yourself. And it's going to give you great clarity and power into your personal life and your professional life. You know, most of the professional people I work with, a lot of them, are very unsettled or they say, you know, I have very hard time getting clarity.
1: Yes. I can't meditate. My brain won't stop talking yeah, to I'm me.
2: Yeah. overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just back to back meetings and calls all the time. And, you know, some people are very successful in certain ways. They manage a lot of people. They run big companies, but they don't have that clarity anymore. They are just in it, in the whirlpool and they just have to continue going and they don't find any escape to it well, they can in fact manage from a different place. And to manage from that different place, which is unlimited source of energy that's anchored you know, much more deeper deeper inside us, it starts by getting cloudy, and getting into silence.
1: Why do you think that so many people, and maybe even more specifically, people that are on the fast track, climbing the corporate ladder that really prioritize um, success in their careers, are so afraid or reticent to get quiet. What's it, what are we so, as human beings, what are we so afraid of, do you think?
2: Why well, it's the same thing we're afraid if we look in the mirror for 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> that can be scary <laughs> in the morning, especially. <laughs> I'll speak for myself. <laughs>
2: I think the, the truth is, is that if you uh, sit with yourself, you know, uh, for a little while, when you've never done it, things are going to come up to the surface that you don't want to look at. You know, we're a society that's uh extraordinary at self-medication. And yes. self-medication, people are thinking, oh, you know, I take Xanax and to sleep or things like that. But self-medication is not only that, but it's also, you know, alcohol to sleep or to feel okay. It's coffee to waking up. Uh It is a social life that's always busy. So we don't have to be home or we don't have to be with ourselves. You know, it's, it's being ongoing on doing all the time and never being.
1: Even I, I um, just to interject another example of that where people don't usually put that in the cat- This ca- in the category is talking more than listening. Yes, that's I think another more subtle example of it that all of us do in our you know in daily lives constantly.
2: Yes, and I think it uh, has a lot to do with our definition of success, which has that idea that we need to be engaged with others and with things all the time. And basically, we're just doing and doing and doing. And what's scary about the other part about silence is we have to be. We have to go from doing into being. And being means just with ourself. And then, you know, <laughs> most people, and even for me sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I had no idea about that. You know, that I was like this or this was going on. So it's uh, often people, when you talk about that, they think, okay, you, you want to be a monk in a cave, you know, this is not what I'm talking about. It's really being in your life instead of doing. It's presence. It is silence. It doesn't mean you're going away. You don't have to be in the countryside, but it means you cultivate moments of silence during your day, during your week that you're using, you know, for harvesting something you're going to need to uh, something that you can use for work, for your life, for guidance, And that's very powerful once you discover that.
1: There was, I I am thinking of uh, a a chapter in a, I think it was John Nesbitt that wrote Megatrends and Megatrends 2000. Back in the 70s or 80s, I'm I'm not remembering exactly Uh what year the book got published. There was one chapter called High Tech, High Touch. Mm -hmm. And it was his foreseeing of the technological age in which we supposedly, and I use my fingers in quotes here, progress and become faster and better and smarter. And at the same time, it would be at the expense of just humanity and intimacy and connecting with people on a human level. I feel, I think you'd agree that that's sort of come true.
2: It does, uh, yeah. Right? It and does. so
1: my question to you would be, how essential is it that we... um create a sense of simplicity in our, just in our our minds to quiet the noise and to find the space.
2: Well, if it was, yes, if it was through more data, more technology, more information that we will become uh, with uh, humans, I say, with less anxiety, with more presence, we would be an amazingly present and no anxiety society (laughs) because there has never been so much technology, so much uh, of all of that in our life yet we are very you know anxious we can't sleep we have you know there's a lot of disorder at a very big scale in the west yes Uh, in europe and in america you know and even you know in a developed country in asia you're
0: listening to the sanctuary podcast with angel deer while you're listening browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com
2: So, definitely, if that was to prove something, is that this is not improving it. Quite the opposite. And then you have a lot of traditions all around the world, East and West, you know, that are telling you something different, that have been studying the mind for tens of thousands of years, for certain of them. And we can say, oh, you know, there was no technology, nothing is proven. Well, I think it's the opposite, because something that has proven to be working for thousands of years must be quite effective to survive so many years. If those techniques didn't work or didn't prove their point, they would have disappeared. Yes. Especially at an era that didn't have data or sometimes not even writing in place. So when we look back, we look like, well, as a CEO, as a leader, as an executive, as a big organization, in fact, we can learn so much from that and gain so much control on our life and get so much clarity how amazing it is to have more clients when you're a business leader or CEO or parents, you know, mother or father. <laughs>
1: So how do you become the first one to break free of that when you're in a position of power? You know, it's similar to like, you know, maybe the one set of parents on a block that don't want to buy their child the same set of sneakers or clothing that everyone else has, but then there's a misalignment for your child with the rest of the kid population at school. How do you become, you know, one of the first Fortune 500 CEOs to maybe have a, you know, a no tech day, for example. I'm just having this crazy notion in my head now that everybody does that, you know, once a month. Month,
2: yes. Um, or whatever. Yeah. What was your
1: suggestion? Been? But first,
2: I think you first need to be convinced deep in our heart that the right thing to do. So it has to work for yourself first. I think if you have an experience it and you, you know, you're speaking from a place, okay, we need more productivity in our company. So we're going to ask everybody to do one hour meditation a week because we read someone, there is a study that shows that it's working. Well, that might work for a little while, but I don't think it's going to change the organization. Because I think leadership needs to embed the value. It needs to live with value on a daily basis. And the organization that really are transformed are the one that you really see the leadership leaving those things. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second one, I think, it's by dialogue and communication. If you just tell your child, hey, do this, we're going to do that, and you don't explain why, it's really hard to understand. Same way with your employees. You know, I think if you show people that, Working 30 minutes less for doing something like that is going to increase their productivity by 40 or 50%. Well, they might say, okay, maybe I'm not that busy. Maybe I can take the time off to do that meditation in the morning. I'm a good friend with a very famous chef in New York City that runs one of the very big restaurants there. Uh, extremely busy. You know, he's on TV shows and the restaurants and all that. He meditates one hour every morning. And we know how busy kitchens are in the morning when you are a chef. Yes. He meditates diligently one hour every morning. So he can deliver way more during the day.
1: Has he talked about noticing the difference between before he um, started meditating and since?
2: Yeah, I've talked to him about it. I mean, it's a, for him, there's no return. You know, it's almost like if you brush your teeth every day, you're not going to stop doing yeah. it. The benefits are <laughs> like taking a shower. It becomes such a habit and you see the benefits of it. But it's really hard to convince people unless they experience it. Mm-hmm. And it's something quite easy to experience. Uh, but it's true that when you're a very busy CEO and leaders, the first thing people will tell me is that I don't have time. I don't have time to take even 15 minutes mm-hmm. or to stop 10 minutes during the day. I really don't have time. So it was, my answer is always, well, I'm going to give you more time. You actually have more time to do that. And it's hard to understand what well, the, the day is only, you know, eight hours or 10 hours. So how is that happening? You know, it's happening because you're way more present. You answer faster. You're more clear in your decisions. You know, in your meeting, you can make them shorter. Because you're way more present. You don't have your head in and out of the meeting every five seconds right. because you're thinking of next meeting and of your wife and your bank account and your mortgage and all this.
1: There's no such thing as pure multitasking.
2: Yes. By the way, I think science has proven very recently that we are not designed for multitasking. So this is, uh I think I'm very really good at it. <laughs> I like to think <laughs> that, but in fact... Science just proved me I'm completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, we can't really multitask. Yeah,
1: your, your brain technically, I mean, really physiologically, there is no such thing. Yeah, we're not a wire to, for it. Yeah. yeah,
2: yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, as much as we think we're very impressed with ourselves. <laughs> you have a big Cheshire grin on your face thinking about your multitasking yes, talents. Yes, yes,
2: yes. It's a hard one for me to understand because I really think I'm good at it. But I, I do know that I deliver... Way better. Right now, I'm writing a lot, and I realize that if I close everything and if I dedicate this one hour just for writing, I get in a place of flow, and the quality of my writing is much, much better than I do it with 20 windows open on my computer and bouncing back with my emails or social media.
1: So, for the people that want to create a sense of simplicity, we've kind of covered it in the corporate culture. First, you really have to live it yourself. If there is a CEO that's listening to this right now that wants to brave these uncharted waters of trying to find a way to get quieter with his or her style of leadership, um, or there is a busy mom or dad out there that's interested in finding a way to simplify their life, what would you suggest they do to start?
2: Well, I think meditation is one of them. Uh even 10 or 15 minutes of daily meditation as tell people, let's try for a week and let's see how your days goes. Let's see the difference in your day. And people always, because we are all built the same way, immediately see the difference. They say, you're right, my day felt different. There was a shift. So that's what we're trying to do there. I think that the first immediate thing, the second one is that you can start reducing things easily. Like, you know, we all get newsletter, you know, from your email. Create a special email for that, that's not on your phone, that's just on your computer. So when you're on your phone or when you're walking around, you don't have all your email coming, your five or remove push notifications from all your apps, And there's the one that's really uh, urgent and emergency thing. You know, there's little things you can do with technology that going to help you, in fact, to block the permanent disturbance to your life and try to be just present with whatever you're doing, eating, talking, writing.
1: And really getting rid of the, and working on the addiction of it too. I think there's a comfort zone that people have to feel the need to be, again, quote, unquote, engaged with all of these examples you just mentioned, that somehow someone's looking for them, or there's one more piece of information they need to take in, or there's some need to receive all this information. Perhaps one of the steps would be to just decide that you don't need that to feel significant, important, good about yourself, engaged.
2: Yes, Fair it's not always easy to yeah. decide because somehow you're always feeling you're missing it. So I like to say, okay, what can you create as a good habit that's going to feel good? Mm. You know, because it's hard to remove something that somehow feel good, even if it's not good for you, but something that's like a punishment. So is there something that you can do during those 10 minutes you're going to take off, you know, that's going to make you feel good? That book that you want to read, that things you want to write, that podcast you wanted to listen to that you're really taking 10 minutes just for that. And so you're replaced by feel good. And meditation, even if it's hard for people when they start uh, very quickly, people have ever feel good about it. And it should be enough to start kicking off slowly, very slowly, but surely.
0: You've been listening to The Sanctuary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism, and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter. Again, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. Till next time, this is The Sanctuary Podcast and Angel Deer signing off.